When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. basement dwellers your good friend patrick o'dowd is back your long three-week national nightmare is over i have come to fix the show fix the show finally and i know you all have missed me dearly yeah thank you i hear you i hear you yes absolutely absolutely thank you let's hear it for me um yes i am back you are of course listening to bandwagon nerds here on the chair shot radio network part of the chairshot.com where we remind you to always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And I, I, let's let's get this out. First of all, let us let us welcome the bandwagoners on the show that are back. First of all, we've got David Ungar, PC Tunney, uh, our usual, the lawyer himself, Mister Saturday Night, uh, returning to the program for the first time in a long time. Our Good friend DJ, who again, uh, I'm gonna tell you, man, um, I still have not listened to your podcast. Um, I'm sorry, and I hope we can still be friends. I hear it's quite mindless though, but about wrestling, it, yeah, it's not a misnomer, okay. And one of these days, I'm gonna get to it, I promise. Um, but it just might not be uh, today, Dave. You put it out, we're on episode 181. You talked about 180 last week, that's nice. You know, we just we just keep on going. We're the Energizer Bunny of podcasts on this network. We are the streak. We are the undertaker of the Chairshot Radio Network right now, aren't we, Tony? Sure. <laughs> Man, a few and, words Tony always is. Yes. Well, you know, he we'll we'll get him going at some point. He's gonna get mad about something. He'll 
I'm sure when we get to our final topic of the day, you're <laughs> going to enjoy not giving a shit about this. Oh, what I think is a really awesome. important story. That's but awesome. uh, that's exactly what I thought this morning at breakfast when I was reading. You're like, I don't give a shit. Fuck this. I don't care. Millionaires, uh, billionaires arguing. He's but like, it's ah, not. Bigger than, it's bigger than that. But I, well, I would no. say. I, we'll get to that at the at the end of the show, but I, I do think this is a very very significant court battle that's playing out, even if it is between billionaires and millionaires, I, and it, it can be very impactful. I agree. Moving forward, I so agree. there is that. I I gotta say, I leave, and that's when all the news happened. I noticed, like right after I leave, trailers come out like left and right. Finally, we have a robust trailer park uh, for the for for the last few weeks. We've been on a bit of a streak here. We're having to dig. This week, I actually had to make decisions to to cut some out. So I'm sorry if a trailer you really wanted to talk about isn't on there, fellas. Um, CinemaCon happened this past week in Vegas. We're going to talk about a couple of news items that popped out of there. We've got some fantastic forecasting rumors to to talk about, and the Super Mario Brothers movie that just keeps going and we're going to wrap it all up fellas with the return of the deadpool which i'm very excited to to do so you know it's been three weeks i i i missed you um i did i did some things he, while you were gone i he didn't miss us but i i i participated in a bowling tournament and, and won money like i i i my team won its division in, in the uh in the local city bowling tournament i Finished fourth individually amongst my division. I don't know what Tony's got going on over there, but he's sort of in his own head. What? What are you? What are you mouthing? It's very weird. <laughs> he doesn't. He's talking to somebody. I'm back. Sorry. <laughs> what, what is going on? Voice meter. It fucking. I didn't register it yet. So every once in a while, it'll kick out for 45 seconds, and you gotta wait for the countdown to go until you can re-establish your connection. Got you. Um, let's see what else. I mean, Easter has gone for Easter. I don't know, there, that. And in my time away, what your son had a, had a something you did something. Yeah, oh, Connor. we went to a Lego convention. Yeah. We went to a Lego. Not really. It's called Brickfest. It's a. It's like a knockoff Lego convention thing. Um, they sell Lego stuff. They have uh, people from the Lego Brickmasters show that do like signings and autographs, and there's all these builds. Local build, uh, local Lego builders from around the uh, from around the area come and show off some of their best stuff. You can get Lego sets and kits, uh, a lot of fun. I went and saw Air, which uh, I'm sad Ray Cash isn't on here because he would get mad at Air because Air straight up says Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time, and they're not wrong. But whatever, that was that was the other thing I noticed while I was gone, fellas. The the band the, the bandwagon chat, the chair shot sports chat, the chair shot radio chat. You all. We're hot on each other, like kind of crazy. All the the back and forths that were happening, a lot of pot stirring. People, people, I I don't know what happened here. What what? I disappeared for a little while. I'm out of it, and all of a sudden, people got got angry. Somebody has to be the villain. It seems like you might be the hand that's kind of guiding the wheel, so to speak. Somebody has to be the villain when the villain's not around. Somebody has to step up. Number one chair shot villain takes a step away. Suddenly, everybody got really mad at each other. Somebody's got to step in and be the villain. I guess so. The other thing that I did while gone is I did, of course, listen to all three episodes 
of bandwagon nerds in my absence. And here's what I love about listening to you guys when I'm gone. One, you guys think I hate like everything you're going to do on the show. Everything gets prefaced with Patrick O'Dowd's going to hate this. Patrick's going to be bad about this. He's going to be always. Patrick threw his phone at the wall. Hey, I want to just say, for the record, we didn't say robotic vagina one time while you were gone. We actually did. Uh, you did, did actually say robotic vagina we in did. the show at one point. You didn't do did the I? whole robotic vagina uh, talk. Yeah, it happened. What I what I thought was hilarious is, uh, and I said this to Greg on the Greg DeMarco show that I did this past uh, last week because I was back, is that you guys, for all of your predictions as to like how mad I'm going to be, uh, you guys are about you're right about 30% of the time, like 30% of the time you're correct. And you know, the little doubt, there was a moment we, we went and saw, when we went to go see the super Mario movie, I was listening to the playback. And at one point, I don't even remember what I was we were talking about the Ric Flair documentary. Yeah. You were talking about the Ric Flair documentary. And I'm like, and I, I go, I, we need to stop talking wrestling. Cause Patrick's going to get mad. <laughs> and as I'm yelling at the, uh, at the, the podcast driving my car, the little O'Dowd actually points out, he's like, you know, you're just doing exactly what they said that you were doing. It's kind of funny. You're like yelling at the fire. I was like, well, That's so you know. Awesome. It's almost it like was, they know you. You they, they go figure, know. right, DJ? Somebody, I, I got to say, though, for for the three, they, they were good shows, guys. All three shows were, were good shows. I thought we did some great coverage uh, of a lot of stuff. I do want to circle back because i didn't get an opportunity to talk about the end of the mandalorian uh season three chapter 20 whatever 24 or whatever it was uh because i think they're three chapter three uh three seasons eight chapters each um i just kind of set the record straight on some stuff that was said and first of all i i want to acknowledge that dave was right in that i would i did share with him i was disappointed in the finale of the Mandalorian season three, because it was, in my opinion, just a little too tidy, just a little too neat and tidy for everything that got set up in the penultimate episode, where you have this like shadow conclave of of Empire remnants discussing their different ways of how they're going to overthrow the New Republic, and and I just. And I will fully own this is this is very much like kind of a as Greg would call it a playlist mentality thing. I really just wanted one snippet anywhere acknowledging another threat of evil rising in the wake of Moff Gideon's failure. That's it. I I actually like for the mo for the most part though the episode itself and what happened and the results were were quite enjoyable. You know. Mando did officially adopts Grogu. We now have Din Grogu. That's great. The Mandalorians are victorious. Uh, so your all's prediction, prediction of the Mandalorians getting wiped out. Uh, I don't remember who, who was calling for that, but somebody was like, they're going to get wiped out again. No, that didn't happen. Not in that this show, but eventually, yes. I, I still don't think that's going to happen. I think that it's a big sometimes universe. Dave, sometimes, Dave, when Patrick listens to the show, he yells at the show and misses part of the show that's going ah, on I while he's okay. yelling. I got you. Okay. No, I actually didn't yell. I just disagreed. I just don't you think... Said, um, you said you were in the car yelling at the fucking radio. Over the Ric Flair shit. Did I say I was yelling at the Mandalorian <laughs> shit? Did I? No? What? Were you in the car with me, sir? 
What, what is this? Is this bandwagon news with a Z? Is that what happened? Are you PC Meltzer? Is that what happened? Whoa! I don't oh, think there's so. a new handle. Yeah, I did Whoa. it. I you're did no it. longer Whoa. you're no longer Mr. Nipples. No, now you're PC no, Meltzer. Fuck that guy. I don't even know who the fuck that is. So let's not. Oh even wait, talk. no, no. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. PC Alvarez. My bad. My bad. That that might be worse. Screw PC you. Out. PC Sap. I can't either. I don't like any of those guys. Anyway. The, the show itself, though, I thought was quite good. Uh, the finale was quite good. I loved the uh, the final battle sequence with Boff Gideon, with Bo-Katan, and Din, and Grogu, and all of them being involved. I fully expected, I think like a lot of you, that when Grogu was trapped with those uh, three troopers, that the doors were going to open up, and he was going to have fucking, like, kick all of their asses, and it was going to be, like, this funny, like, they're all wiped out moment. But it was great that that wasn't what happened, and that it was you know, this collaborative effort between Din, Grogu, and Din, Jaren. Just, uh, it was a, it was a fun, happy episode. I just, we know, you know, Dave had, had wanted so desperately for Thrawn to be much more of a bigger reveal for the show, and they just talked about him once. Like, you, you, you're making this face. I, I want you to go back and listen to every episode of, of Bandwagon Nerds and just listen to the segment where we talked about the Mandalorian and count. How many times you brought up Grand Admiral Thrawn showing up? Yes, brought up. I wasn't sure he was actually going to show up. But oh fuck that, sir! Uh, you are getting booed for your denial because you absolutely were sold on Grand Admiral Thrawn being a bigger part of this show. And I told you he was not. He'll be a big part of I Ahsoka. I did think. Well, duh! They've been talking about that forever. Anyway, the one thing that I would have thought would have been great though is. You, they they did all this sort of, and what I, and it's something that really has annoyed me, is in an effort to make the the J.J. Abrams trilogy make sense, they've had to do all this heavy lifting in their show to to get those trilogies to make sense. Have something that shows the First Order coming about, like legitimately coming about <clears throat> anything, whether it's a tease about like because you know, and here's here's my thing is you know I didn't necessarily need a Thrawn moment. But maybe Hux, the 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 father of General Hux, who is part of that little shadow cabal. Just a moment, you know. Star Wars is famous for those end of movie like sort of dissolves where they just show a different bunch of different points in time. That just needs. All I wanted, honestly, was one point in time showing something that's a little shadowy outside of what could happen next. And basically. Because it happened in ep- the you know episode seven, or I'm sorry, episode twenty three instead of episode twenty four, I was disappointed. That's that. I think As just mentioning the name Hux was enough of an Easter egg. It was a nice Easter egg, uh, and, and it was exciting. But just <coughs> and, and they talked very specifically about him and cloning. Uh, yes. So I, I did. Uh, I, I just it was it was a little maybe it was just too easy. Maybe that's why they didn't do it. I don't know, but. On the whole, good series. I um, I'm not sure what happens next, and 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 uh, I don't know if I'm interested in what happens next, but I'm not sure what happens next. What as far as the Mandalorian goes? Yeah, like I mean, they're they're just kind of reason. I mean, you know, it's funny because they they make the episodes into chapters, right? So it it feels like a book. So if it's a really long book, and let's say the book has. 64 chapters, we get eight seasons, let's just say. Well, then, 
you're going to have transitions from different seasons for what's going on because if it's truly about Din and now Grogu as well, you're just going to have what happens in their life. And this is what happens. They help the Mandalorians retake Mandalore, right? And now, like Dave said, they're sitting on their porch in Wyoming waiting for the next bounty hunting job to come along because that's exactly what Mando said they were going to do next. So I'm okay with that. If you want to take stories out of it, like I really want the the re-civilization of, of Mandalore. I want to see that at some point, whether that's, you know, through what happens in Ahsoka or whatever, I'm not sure, or how much they could be involved, but I could see that being a movie even. Uh, yeah, I think the they gave Bo-Katan such a great story in and this, wouldn't? In this wouldn't? season of Mandalorian, and, you know, there is a lot of questions as to what's next for the Mandalorian people. Now, with the Darksaber being destroyed, what does that mean for the Mandalorians? Who, you know, is there is there going to be, you know, everybody's come together and coalesced as we as we come to this conclusion. Yeah, that doesn't it doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, Tony is actually now the leader of the Mandalorian. He has he has a busted Darksaber. Din Tunney? Um, is he Din Tunney? Is that it? Din Tunney. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of different stories that, that are out there to be told. Uh in a surprise to know what I'm okay that Boba Fett didn't show up in the season of the Mandalorian. No. Fuck that guy. Most overrated character in, in the all words Star Wars. Of, the words of Billy Eilish, duh. Yup. Not sad. Uh at all. So there you go. Those are kind of my thoughts in a nutshell. Of season three, I would argue this was a like it was a good season, but it was a little uneven. Um, felt like at, at different times it didn't quite know what it wanted to do and what it wanted to be, and that might have also been part of why I felt like the finale uh, didn't end on the note that I had hoped it would. So, okay, those were my grievances. That's it. Not bad at all, right? I mean, it's fair to talk about. All, let's, this, let's put it, all this talk about me ranting for an hour, and it was 16 minutes. No, let's put it this way. You know, you talk about uh, we know you so well, and we we think this, that, and the other. Well, if the grievances list is gets shorter and shorter every time you're gone, maybe you're the one actually training us. Yeah? I mean, you guys did manage to keep every single episode under two hours, and that was a big step for y'all. Maybe Dave, one of them wasn't. crept over a little bit, but not by much. Well, that's that's because so, of your post production. Oh, that's the other thing. What's wrong oh, with wow. the post production, Dave? Like, like I heard some complaining about commercials or something. What what happened there? What's up? What? Where? But I'm gonna have to go back and find this. But there was some talk about like the way I like do things being like a pain or something for for Mr. Ungar. Is, no. is, is am I imagining? No, that? I, I right. mentioned I mentioned that I'm missing your intro where you said bandwagoners is recorded in front of a live studio audience and I need you to give that to me. Oh, but, and, but I don't and, and then we didn't record it again. Yeah. Did did I Tony, did we complain about <coughs> commercials or I don't remember that. There was some there was something No, I think what it was is you kept kicking it to me for the commercials <laughs> oh, and yeah. I just played them. Right. And I said it just makes it easier so you don't have to put them in right. in post. Yeah. That's, they had nothing to do with it's it had nothing complaint. to do with Patrick. Oh, DJ, DJ's has his hand up. Hold on. I, I got a commercial complaint with the last Mindless Wrestling Podcast episode. I know we're not talking wrestling. Tony, I gave you not only a cue mid-episode that they were going to commercial. When I emailed you, I emailed you the timestamp. And now I sound like an idiot. Hey, we're going to commercial. Hey, we're back. I'm like, mother. Uh, <laughs> but to, 
Oops. To be fair to you, I think it was during that time where you were sick. So I, I'm mostly just busting your balls, but I listened to the episode. I'm like, this mother ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I even was like, you'd be worried that I'm like, was the post-production stuff missing? Was the outros all missing from the episodes? As, as, well, because as you're all about to see, like I played the commercial. Like I'm oh. about to do it right now because we're about to go to commercial. And when we come back, we got five trailers to discuss in the trailer park. That's right. Five trailers. So everybody. Tony's warming up the banjo. Up. No banjos. We're bringing. We, we, this will be done in post-production. The real banjo music will be brought into post-production. But when we come back, go to the trailer park and we're going to talk a little CinemaCon. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds. We've got Patrick O'Dowd, we've got DJ, we've got David, we've got Tony. All of us here, ready for the trailer park. Tony has put away his imaginary banjo. Put it away. No, no. It's Dave. It's time for you to play that beautiful banjo. Tony is done pouting. We're here. We've got five films to talk about today. We're going to start with... I always put these in kind of my interest level uh, to be blunt, and I'm sure that shocks no one. Uh, But this first one is is the latest feature from Disney Animation. uh, Celebrating... This seems to be like their tentpole 100th uh, 100th anniversary movie because the trailer itself so the movie is called wish we don't know much about it this is a teaser trailer it was only about a minute or so long uh but it does uh feature uh a kind of a return to like sort of those old disney i don't know that it's a disney princess roots but you know the female protagonist uh there is a villain played by chris pine who's a king which i didn't realize it was chris pine until i read an article that mentioned that it was Chris Pine doing the voice work uh, for King. I don't remember his name and I don't care enough to learn it. 
Uh, but basically, it looks like it's a magical kingdom where he has all this power by taking people's wishes. And this young female protagonist, her wish, she doesn't give away, seems to come with her in the form of a star and makes a goat talk, which the little doubt found to be no ends of funny. Uh, whether or not it's funny enough for him to go check it out uh, at a movie theater, I don't think so. But I don't know. The, the movie looks gorgeous. It looks very, very like it looks very, very well rendered. It looks like it's part of that sort of movement we've seen in animated films lately of that almost that watercolor painting sort of look to to the animation. It seems to be what's in right now, uh, as we've had several films that have come out with that. I think Chris oh. Boots is what Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, that only went through the entire podcast. The Did light. it? I put my <laughs> oh yeah. I thought I put it. I don't know if I can I edit that out in post production. Did you see me slide it up? I thought I fucking. Oh, it. oh I hey, it. yeah, I, I Tony, your your microphone is not working through your headset. That might be what's going on. There's something else going on, right? Because talk, your your thing's Ooh. up right now, and you, we can still hear you. How about now? Oh man, yeah. crazy. Okay, well that sucks. Yep, we can hear you. <laughs> we can hear you. That's why right. you can hear me right now. Yeah. Yeah the fuck is going on that's that's why anyway while tony works that out i'm going to turn it over to dj (laughs) to get his thoughts on the wish trailer and disney animation in general 100 years of disney this is their this is their tentpole animated feature celebrating it and you're still muted dj so you should unmute yourself this is great podcasting (laughs) welcome back this is why we're award-winning podcasting here (laughs) that's right this is why i have my own podcast because i don't know how to do this uh, I, I saw the trailer. Um, I, what I like about it is they took, you know, Disney's tagline, when you wish upon a star, and turned it into a movie. And, you know, that's the wish in the whole thing. Uh, if I had young kids, I would probably definitely go see this in the theater. It's probably nothing I'll see there. I'll probably wait for, you know, for it to come up on the Disney Plus thing. The animation is amazing. Like, I absolutely just was blown away by the visuals, the color palette, so it, it looks like a beautiful movie. The, the story looks neat, but n- nothing that I feel pressed to go see in the theater. Dave, I'll turn it over to you, Disney aficionado that you are. Your thoughts. We don't have the animation expert, Aesop, here to, to rail on how it probably is terrible because it's, I don't know. We'll get to we'll get to Aesop and his opinions. Later. Aesop's too busy chasing people out of the chair shot radio chat. Anyway, uh, the. Uh, oh. The it, this looks like a really good like old school Disney animation, like you said, Pat. Like I don't know if it's a Disney princess thing, but it certainly has that old school Disney animation feeling. Not like a Pixar sort of thing, but it just it just feels like an old school Disney movie. Whether there's princesses involved or not, who gives a shit? It just feels like feels like Disney to me. I mean, smells like Teen Spirit. Feels like Disney. Take your pick. It's your turn. I go. You can go. Can't hear you. Everything's yeah, better now. That's the problem. All right. So no more, no more belching into the microphone. This, I, dude, I, you, you've seen me. I thought I was good, but apparently not. You're welcome, everybody. Sorry, Megs. Um, I, I think it looks really cool. I think it's an interesting twist on a story. Um, can you name? I got a trivia question for you guys. Can you name the only two left-handed Disney princesses? I, I don't even care enough. To guess no it's it's mulan and tiana okay nice. how would anybody know that i don't know i was watching youtube shorts trying to sleep last night and those wow. questions 
podcast. I guess because maybe while they possibly drink something or or do something, like I know one of them, one of the princesses shoots a bow and arrow, so you can tell she's right-handed because she pulls it back with her right hand or stuff like that. But apparently, it's a thing, and there's only two. Huh? Interesting. I had no idea. Uh, and based on that fact that nobody cares about, we're going to move on to our next trailer and talk about Twisted Metal. So here's the thing. So so this we got a new series coming out on what was it? Paramount Plus? Is that where this was coming? Peacock, isn't it? Where's it? Peacock. Is it Peacock. On, it's on Peacock. the cock, right? Peacock. It's it's on Peacock, and it's a it's a series based on the classic PlayStation One game. Twisted Metal, starring Anthony Mackie and Samoa Joe of pro wrestling fame as Sweet Tooth, the evil clown character that you see in the game. And, and so for those of you, the uninitiated, who weren't, you know, 20 years old, 20 years ago, when Twisted Metal was relevant, like, let's be real, Twisted Metal hasn't really been relevant for a long time. You basically, it was driving around in an arena with a messed up car, post-apocalyptic style, blowing up other cars. And Sweet Tooth was the bad guy. Uh, we're going to turn that into a series starring Anthony Mackie, where he plays Steal My Sunshine while driving around in a, a vehicle to start with, which was really interesting because people like, like I read some online comments and like folks were like negatively reacting. To, like they wanted something more like balls to the wall metal and didn't really see like the tongue in cheek humor to it, which I liked the tongue in cheek humor to it. So I was all for it and thought it was hilarious. And then they kind of take this sinister twist <clears throat> when you get to, you know, uh, Sweet Tooth showing up very, very briefly in the famous ice cream truck. Tony, did you ever play Twisted Metal? And what do you think about a Twisted Metal series on Peacock? I got to be honest, I'm going to skip this. It's it's it was never it's not nostalgic enough for me, but uh, I could get why someone would watch it. It's interesting they got Anthony Mackie for it, right? Because right, I, I mean he's kind of, you know. Although at the same time, for him, I think it's really in vogue right now as far as like coming up with content, whether it's a streaming series or a movie from a classic, iconic, cult esque video game. So maybe he felt like, hey, why don't I expand my action hero horizon a little bit and add sure. in? I'm not just I'm not just Captain America. You know, I'm also this video game iconic character as well. And I can do that in a different light. Um, as long as we're not doing like throwing garbage can lids at trees with gym mats wrapped around them, I think we'll be OK here. Um, don't shake your head, Dave. That shit happened um, <laughs> in Wisconsin, no less. Uh, I, yeah, it's going to be interesting because like the great thing I think about it and we didn't really get to see much, but we saw like kind of the context of which they're going to make it happen is I don't think they're taking themselves too seriously here, you know? Right. And they shouldn't uh, like it all. Exactly. This is not, this is not something that you could be like, we're going to play this straight, like all the way through, which is why the steal my sh sunshine thing worked for me. Because well, you thought Dave, it was going to be some heavy metal, right? And it was Steal My Sunshine. That's, that's what a few of the naysayers on the interweb said. Tony, what do you think? Or not Tony, Dave, what do you think? Well, I, I wish Aesop was here because I know he was really excited about the series. Um, I played quite a bit of Twisted Metal Black, uh, which was one of the sequels, I think, on the PlayStation 2. It had all the characters and things. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a 
you know, this is where like The Last of Us may have emboldened people to say, yeah, we can do video game adaptations well. This will be nothing like The Last of Us. But, and I agree with you guys, like, you know, you don't want to take yourself too seriously, but there has to be some sort of, <laughs> some sort of story to it. Can't just be like car combat, you know, cars running around shooting each other up. There's got to be some sort of thing going on. Um, so I, I'm curious about it. Sure. I, I don't know if it's something I'll, I'll watch either because Twisted Metal was fun. But it wasn't like, you know, something I was like deeply engrossed in. Uh, the story wasn't exactly, yeah, it wasn't like comparing it to The Last of Us video game. It wasn't that, let's be honest. It was uh, it was an interesting story. But isn't, uh, isn't Samoa Joe only doing the body for Sweet Tooth? Isn't Will Arnett doing the voice? Or is it Samoa Joe all the way through? Uh, I didn't research it enough to, to, to care. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm skipping the show. I'm skipping this show. Like one hundred percent, I'm. I have no interest. DJ, were you big Twisted Metal fan back in the day? Uh, I played it. I wouldn't say I was a big fan. Um, I buddy of mine had it. We'd get together and play on it and play it over at his house. Um, I'm not sure how many people were pining for a Twisted Metal movie and or TV show. That being said, I love schlocky shit that sometimes doesn't take itself too seriously. I will probably watch it. It's an unserious TV show based on an unserious video game. I, I think that's absolutely perfect. And I love the fact that Anthony Mackie, he doesn't say no to just about anything. Like I respect the hustle right. personally, you know? So absolutely. I, I, I think it'll be Nef like, I think it'll be fine. Like, I think it'll do well. Nev Campbell um, is in this. Really? As the, as the Raven character. Um, Really? But yes, Will Arnett is the voice, and Joe is the physical actor. Okay, that'll that'll be interesting for Sweet Tooth. I mean, Will Arnett has that Thomas kind Aiden, of voice that can do a lot of that stuff. Thomas Aiden Church is in this as well as Agent Stone, so maybe Good it'll Lord. be more than we think. Yeah, that's a, that's some heavy. I I think we're just we're going to talk about this later on in the show. The, the video game movie is the next superhero explosion like that's what's going to happen here so all right tony i know you're excited for this one i you know i know you're excited for this one because you hated season two so so much the witcher season three got its series uh, its teaser we're heading into the end of dave's crush henry cavill in the role of Geralt, but we got some footage we got a little bit of yennefer we got a little bit of what's her name, the, the blonde chick who's the really important one. Dave, you remember Siri. Siri. Siri? Siri. Hey, Siri. Oh, my phone's listening. The blonde chick that's really important. Sorry, I can't help you with that. <laughs> Love Siri, that Siri, intro. The fact not that she said, sorry, I can't help you with that. <laughs> dynamite. Hey, Dynamite drop-in, Siri. That broadcast school is really paying off. <laughs> not the best color man in the business hey, for nothing, Monty. Hey, Tony, can you just really quickly... How excited are you for The Witcher Season 3? Oh, they went down. Dude, I am not. You guys know the transition this 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 series made in Season 2 was from a seriousness during the action and kind of like the climatic parts of, of the episodes, in addition to having a lot of cheeky humor and fun. And it went from that to being more of like a Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings thing. And I'm just not here for it. I just love the way there was so much more comedy in in the first season. And there still were advancing the storyline. But, I mean, I haven't seen Yennefer's boobs since, like, the fucking third episode of the first season, right? 
So Tony's still horny. Oh Jesus Christ, you guys! Yes, that's what makes a show go is tits. Oh, uh, no, what I'm, I just, I don't like how serious because there was no tits on Game of Thrones, right? No, I, I don't <laughs> like the seriousness of the way that they've changed this and the fact that you know, is what's his name? Is Hemsworth going to be still be Geralt next season? Or no, is it I think be they're passing like the torch entirely. He's going to be a different Witcher. At least I can accept that, but I don't know. I it's are we going to watch this? Are we going to do this? Yeah. I mean, we've covered the first two seasons, and Dave and I still like the show, so I probably. Tony, let me ask you this: Did we cover Lock, Lock and Key season no. three? Yeah, I know. Then there you go. Yeah, There's the answer through. to your question. And, and we hated the end of that season, and that's part of what we do here. Like, we we got to take the good with the bad, and Lock and Key seems woof. That was woof, Dave. I know you're excited for The Witcher season three. I hope. Uh oh, wait a minute, what? I don't know anymore, Pat. And, and I mean, I, Dave, no, it's no, I've when, watched you too. No, listen, when you, I, I'm not I, listening. the trail, the trailer, listening. the trailer looks good. <laughs> looks like Yennefer has her full powers back. So that's something. But, um, what, what we know going on behind the scenes, how much is that going to impact this season where Henry Cavill left due to the fact that basically he thought these guys are straying so far from the source material. I can't do this shit anymore. Um, there's a lot of negative feedback on this already. And and unlike a lot of the petty, misogynistic, homophobic bullshit that we see permeating through other things that have gotten negative reactions, this is different. This is fans who are pissed off about the deviation from the source material and lining up behind Henry to say, we're with you, man. This is not right. This thing may be doomed before it even starts, and that's my concern right now. And I'll, I'll objectively watch the show to see if it's if it's good, but I, I have lots of concerns as to what did they do that pissed him off so much that he said, I got to get the hell out of here. So that's a legit concern going into this season. This trailer looks fine. Looks exciting. Great. But uh, he gave it the kiss of death right there. He called I, it fine. I, I'm I'm concerned. I'm concerned about this one, Pat. I'll I'll be straight with you. All right. Well, DJ, help me out here because I I, I'm I'm drowning. Not 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 trying to help you, Bubba. I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to watch the final season of The Witcher. Um, I've committed to two seasons. I should commit to the last one. Um, So I'll watch it. You're 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 declaring this the end. This is the final season. There is no season four. There is no Liam Hemsworth. There I, is no season four. I tend to agree with DJ on this. This might be the end. Yeah. So I'll watch it because I've committed. I enjoyed the first two seasons. I didn't even mind the turn. I see everything that Tony was saying about the turn in season two. Didn't mind it at all. Enjoyed it. Um, was rather, rather bummed when I heard that he wasn't going to do a season four. But and up until 30 seconds ago, I didn't know exactly why. I thought his departure was heavily influenced by the fact that he was going to go back into the Man of Steel role again. So this is all news to me is to, you know, he just felt that like they were straying too far from the source material. It's a combination never, of those, DJ. Yeah. Oh, I never played the game, never read the books, so I had no basis for comparison for the source right. material. I was just enjoying a show that had element fantasy elements that I liked and characters that I that I thought were cool. So, you know, I'll see that through to the end. Yeah, I, I will. Uh, I will say that this is one of those things where, because I have no knowledge of the source material, it makes me far more interested in seeing where this goes. Because 
I don't have that connection. And I mean, you guys have seen me when I have had that connection and how passionate I can get. So I, I do understand. Um, I'm, I'm in until it's until it's done. And Netflix has has long been known to just sort of call it when it when they want to call it. So it, you could be right. It could be done after season three and, and there'll be nothing, nothing to it. I just wanted to uh, add, we've seen that how things can turn toxic when you alienate a fan base, right? Like wheel of time alienated a fan base, Lord of Rings, ring of power, rings of power, alienated part of the fan base. So it is, it is problematic for, from the standpoint of the property. When you really alienate the fan base though, what I I agree with you on wheel of time, but I don't know that it hurt. Wheel of time was terrible, but I enjoyed uh, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I, I think you're, I think you're projecting on, on, on rings of power, man. I'm just like, I'm just saying there's a lot of people like this isn't in the Silmarillion and all that shit, but you know, well, there was a lot of shit in the Hobbit that wasn't in oh, the God, Hobbit. Yeah, we like ate two, it up. Two book, two movies so, worth of stuff. Yeah. All right. So the the ten year old child in me is very very excited. We got our second trailer for Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Ever since we've gotten away from Michael Bay, uh, I've felt better about Transformers movies. Uh, both the Bumblebee movie. Which was which did was a little bit of a slog as it got once it got past its its opening, uh, but the nostalgia and the way that they they did the old Cybertron stuff was, was enough to to kind of bring me back. Uh, this trailer though introduced the big bad of Unicron, which if you are a child of the '80s and remember the Transformers movie, the only Hasbro movie to make it into the theater, the the movie that traumatized a generation of children to the point that Hasbro had them redo the G.I. Joe movie and not release it in theaters. Because for those of you who don't remember, I've told you before, Duke was supposed to die in the G.I. Joe movie, and the kids reacted so negatively to Optimus Prime turning into black dust that they went, well, maybe we shouldn't do that. This movie... One, Unicron looks just like he did in the co- fucking cartoon. And, and I'm sorry, that's that's point number one right there. The, the movie looks fun. looks like it's loaded with action. We get our cliche Optimus Prime, let them come line. We get all the good stuff. Uh, I wish I could get the little O'Dowd into Transformers because he doesn't want to go see this in the theater. But I think this movie looks awesome. I want to go see it. I'm in. And I think we're back. I think it's Dave's turn to go first. So uh, Dave. Or no. Yeah, Dave, go first. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe because Michael Bay is not involved, I should give this a second chance. But I've never really gotten into the Transformers movies. All right, DJ, moving on. Thank you. Because <laughs> um, DJ uh, was enthused. Yeah, I'm he was. He was. Yeah, go to him. Yeah, it's, I I didn't hate or lament the Michael Bay movies as much as other people did. I really thought that the uh, Bumblebee movie overall was a step up from that. Uh, I'm excited to see this new one. One thing I hope this is I have kind of a love hate with these things where they time jump because I kind of liked the right. characters that were in Bumblebee. Uh, Haley was it Stein, Stanfeld, whatever her name is, and then John C- John Cena's character. I just I know they won't be in this, but I hope they at least reference them as like part of the backstory right. in this. And if they do this, I- I'm all in, man. I'm on board for this one. Yeah, and this takes place in 1994. Yes. Uh, so it it was a time jump because I think the the 
Bumblebee movie was like the late 80s or something like that. Yeah, I believe so, yeah, like 87, like 88, so, something like that. So they've kind of done some time shifting on that. My big problem with the Michael Bay films was that it was just a bunch of dick and pee jokes and fart the jokes. The dialogue was, was god-awful. And that, and that really, and then it just, and if you've ever heard me rant about the rise of Skywalker, which everybody on this podcast have, the, the later movies just make no goddamn sense. Like at all, like it's just noise. And it was they tried to place. introduce Unicron as being part of Earth, like right. what, it was the, the last night or some shit like that. Yeah, it just it did it didn't work. It was stupid. And uh, the less said about Michael Bay Transformer movies, the better. Tony, Dave shit all over Beast uh, Transformers: Rise of the Beast. He was like, I hate it. I never want to see it. And why am I wasting my time? DJ was like, those my exact words, folks, so yes. They were. Those were your exact words. You were really harsh on it. In not uh, so many funny. words, those were his exact words. Right. I might have 60% of the time, slightly, time I said that honest. every time. Every time. <laughs> Tony, Transformers, Rise of the Beast. Trailer looked great. Looks like right? an interesting. It looks like an interesting story they're going to tell here. Um, I... I, I've, ne- I've never been a huge Transformers guy. I mean, I had the toys as a kid. I love the Lego Transformer, uh, Optimus Prime. It's an interesting character that they're bringing in as the big bad. And it's funny because, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about something like this later, but they go, you know, you don't understand. This this guy eats worlds. He's that big, you know. So I, I, I think it's going to be fun. I, I will check this out on streaming. I probably won't go to the theater, although this could be a really fun 3D watch. You beat me to it. Yeah, You're I not going to see it in 3D? I know. I, I'm Mr. 3D, is, Mr. Saturday Night, Mr. 3D. So This is going to be one of those, like, again, like high-action, bombastic, IMAX, 3D screen sort of experiences. Like, it, this Ooh. is... This is the definition of like a popcorn blockbuster summer movie. Like this, this is what summer. This is a summer movie in. Who every owns? Summer. Who owns the rights to Transformers? Hasbro. Hasbro. I no. just wondered if we ever see any crossover with Transformers and any of the other major things that are happening out there right now. Well, they haven't made a good GI Joe movie, and that's often the one that they cross over when they cross over the franchises. Barbie could do it. No, Barbie's Mattel. My bad, I lied. Um, so I was do so that. hoping for a Barbie's Transformers crossover. That well, there is a Barbie. I mean, the Barbie movie's coming out. Yeah, it, is. it is coming out. See how that goes. All right, we got one last trailer. We got our second look at the Flash. Uh, I know, I know. A lot of people are excited for this trailer. I get it. I really do get it. Uh, though, Tony, uh, I was glad to see that you were as disappointed as I was that your boy Grant Gustin well, was considered. It was heavily considered to be <clears throat> in this film, and then did not make the cut. I, I, between this and I'm going to go ahead and wrap this new story into it as well. There's, there's been. Critic, critic previews have happened, and there's still a full review embargo going on because they usually don't do that till the week of the movie coming out. But they were able to tweet about it, and in as the, as is almost always the case, when people see these movies ahead of time and before the critic reviews come out, these are like the most hyperbolic, po- positive tweets. Every one, every time this happened, have with Guardians of the Galaxy too. Like this is the greatest comic book movie since blah 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 blah. 
Um, we've just kind of politely forgotten that Ezra Miller is a human piece of trash who who kidnaps people, and that they're going to continue to build a franchise around them. Well, um, so much so that I would argue they have marketed Michael Keaton way harder as a part of this movie than anything else. And that to me is a big red flag uh, on what they're doing here anyway. Um, I can't deny the movie doesn't like the movie looks good um, in terms of it looks good, like visually. Um, I don't know what the story is going to be. We'll, we'll see, but, and I'm going to go see this in the theaters because the little O'Dowd loves the flash. And so we're going to go because he loves the flash. So like, I have no choice. I'm giving money that will go into Ezra Miller's pockets, even though I think he is a human waste paper bin full of shit. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. DJ back to you to review trailers. What did you think of this? Got a quick question for you, Patrick, that I've been kind of holding on to for here a little while. Can you show me on the doll where Zack Snyder hurt you? Can you show me where he hurt uh, me? Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder hurt me uh, when he made movies. Okay. Every movie. Anywho. With the exception of The Watchmen, which for some reason I enjoy, and a lot of other people don't. And you and um, I, that's one area you and I agreed on, because I loved The Watchmen. I absolutely loved but, it. But getting yeah, back I, to the, I hate the Snyderverse. We know this. <laughs> getting back to it, I, I thought this was a movie you'd be really excited on because it looks to officially kind of put to bed the last little remnants of the Snyderverse and be kind of the launching pad for everything that James Gunn's going to be doing moving forward. I'm a fan of ridiculousness. This movie looks absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know, like, you know, like Michael Keaton said in the trailer, you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. If this is it, if we're if we're throwing everything out there, let's just throw it all out there, go balls to the wall, and then reset the whole goddamn thing after this movie. Sure. Go go ahead, somebody else. Uh, Tony, go ahead. I, I just can't talk about this movie. <laughs> I think the biggest thing that happened here is officially now Bruce Wayne is a Seinfeld fan. Okay. I'm not going to get that reference. You just you you're the one that said the line. Oh, did I? That's Is George that a Seinfeld Stan- thing because that's, that's what George you said Cost- in um the first George- Batman movie, wasn't it? That's George Costanza, baby. Now we're re-referencing George Costanza from the eighty late eighties. So didn't right he say that to the Joker though? He says it to the Joker in the first. He says it to the Joker in the first Batman right before Joker shoots some. him. Can I? Can I just? Have so you want to get nuts? Now? Let's get nuts. Can I, can, I, can I just have something once in a while, Patrick? No. Is this what it's like for you with all of us all the time, Patrick? Uh, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. What's going on? <laughs> this is going to be a great movie, you guys. And who cares what they're throwing out there as long as it's really, really good movie and good story. Because this is a reset button. That's all it is. That's the end I of it. I can't wait as, for this movie to be terrible. Ezra Miller is excellent as Flash, okay? No, he's not. I... Oh, you got to be kidding me. No, I'm sorry. He is the worst. This is one area of Zack Snyder. I will absolutely lean on him. Ezra Miller was awful. Not when you get the full picture of the entirety of of the retelling of the story cut up as as, as really long. You actually get into the storyline of The Flash. Ah, Bullshit. He's a fine Wally West. He's a terrible Barry Allen. I disagree with Uh, you. At the same time, Grant Gustin here. Let's talk about things that actually matter. Grant Gustin, the best Flash of all time, 
is concluding the final season of The Flash on CW. And as much as I've said that season six through eight weren't excellent, but they were good, this final season is doing a really good job of wrapping up the series. So make sure you pay attention to the end of the run of the best Flash ever, Grant Goose. And shout out to him. Too bad they couldn't make it happen, Patrick. Yes, I agree with that. But I'm looking forward to the movie. And I think everybody on the panel today will like this movie. Will we, <laughs> We'll find out. Dave, what about you? We'll find out. Well, Jeff, let us know. The, the trailer oh. confirms to me a few things, that we are doing Flashpoint Paradox, a live-action movie. And it's awfully hard to go wrong if you're going to follow that story. You know, and, and, and I, I think, hyperbole be damned, this probably is the most important DC movie since 1978 Superman, I would say, because they've got to get this right to reset everything and set James Gunn's universe into motion. And that's what I'm sure he's been. Who's the director? Andy, uh, I forget the guy's name, but it starts with an M. I can't pronounce it, but I'm sure Gunn and him have been collaborating a little bit on this. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, if they're following flashpoint paradox and Batman is integral to that story in one form or fashion, whether it's Bruce Wayne, whether it's Thomas Wayne, we don't know if, uh, if, um, I can't read that, Tony, you're, you're now your microphone. Now we can't hear you. God, Andres Muccietti. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I think that the, the trailer looks good. We don't know if Michael Keaton is Bruce Wayne or Thomas Wayne, you know, and that, and that's a big question as he, to, but yeah, but did Thomas Wayne's parents get killed? Uh, I well, no, no, did he then say it, parents or family in the trailer? He says parents, he, he says, says we have a lot in common, okay. so it's Bruce Wayne, Dude, they, Dave. Yeah, they're not gonna, they're not gonna Bruce go, you, yeah, you because can't. they're also doing Batfleck, Batfleck's in yeah. it too, yeah. And, and well, yeah, I'm right there. There's no way it's anybody I'm, but does anybody wish Bruce they would have been able to get Christian Bale as well? Well, that, that motorcycle well, looks so much okay like the, the, the Christian Bale motorcycle, right. More than Christian Bale, I would love to have seen Jeffrey Dean Anderson as, uh, or Jeffrey Dean Morgan as, um, as Thomas Wayne. Yeah. Would much would, rather have seen that'd that. That'd be cool. I, I do. I maybe mean, you, maybe I, that's the one thing they haven't shown you yet. There might be, you know, they're leaning heavily on Supergirl and not Superman, which is perfectly in line with Flashpoint Paradox. Great, great character. So, um, <clears throat> I, I think it looks, it looks really good. Ezra Miller in, in like, I agree with you, DJ, in, the original version of Justice League, the Flash was nothing. In the Snyder Cut, much more fleshed out, much better version of the Flash. So we'll see. I, I think I think this is a really big tipping point for DC. If they get this right and reset the universe in a way that's believable and makes sense, then they're then they're starting off James Gunn's vision a step ahead of where we otherwise think they might be. If they fumble this. It's it's not the kiss of death, but it's certainly not a good start. But I, I, everything in the trailer looks promising. It looks like a fun movie. It looks action-packed. It looks like there could be some really cool standout moments. I, I'm optimistic about it. So, Yeah, cool. I can't wait to see it. We know, we know you oh, can. Sorry. We know you are looking forward to it. I almost want right. to be here on the episode after him after he sees it. Why? Do you think I'm going to come in here and say I was wrong, even if I am wrong? No, probably not. <laughs> like I got too, I got too much pride to admit I'm wrong. What are you talking about? That's a lie. That's true. We've heard you do it. Patrick O'Dowd is a very honest wrong, person. He's wrong, just wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. 
you're wrong. That's the first time he ever All played right. it for himself, Dave. Sure. All right. Let's move on. We're going to have. So, guys, I, I talked about this in the DM chat. And I feel like as nerds, we need to get better at following along with convention season now that it seems like convention season is back. For the last few years, obviously with the pandemic and people not really venturing out as much, there there hasn't really been these like major conventions with news drops. And just kind of out of nowhere, suddenly 20, late 2022, 2023, here we are with you know, most of the trailer park that we talked about today dropped at CinemaCon in Vegas. That happened this past week. We had some some significant news drop out of CinemaCon in Vegas this past week. And I think it's just something I know I need to get back on keeping track of the schedule because it sounds like cons are back, that studios are attending them. And they're giving us news. And it started with something I didn't even realize was a project taking place. And I don't even know if this is a project I want to take place. But it's going to, as Jason Blum and David Gordon Green are bringing three new films that are reimaginings of The Exorcist into theaters. The first of those films will officially be called The Exorcist Believer. Leslie Odom Jr. is in this film. That seems to be the big star name that's attached to it. There's some description of footage, and we don't need to really go into the that sort of stuff because like the article I shared is a lengthy description of, of the footage that was dropped. I guess reboots are just where we are. It's what it's what we do with with film anymore. Horror is definitely a part of the bandwagon nerd culture. But I, I put this to the panel, and anybody can go first this time. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pick on someone. Do we need an Exorcist reboot? It feels untouchable to me. Can an Exorcist reboot exist and be good? Because that film is so iconic in, in the annals of horror. It just feels like a tough ass. DJ, you you shook your head no, so I'll let you go first. Uh, in general, I'm not a big horror fan. My girlfriend is the horror fan. I don't think, I think they're trying to piggyback on all these paranormal and all these um, just possession films that came out over the last decade or so. I think they're trying to capitalize on that. It feels like a money grab. Uh, it's nothing that I'm going to go see. Um, yeah, that's that's really all I can contribute. Dave, what about you? Do you, do you think that this is something can that can be done? And I guess further to the point, should be done? Oh, I think the article you shared and reading the description of what they showed at CinemaCon, I can't wait to watch the trailer for this because... Really? Really. Because this does not sound like a reboot. This sounds almost like a sequel because they got Ellen Burstyn is in there and she was there yep. in the original one, but now it's Ellen Burstyn currently. So is this a reboot or is this the return of this demon that possessed Reagan all those years ago now tormenting these two little girls and she knows it? Chris McNeil knows it. And and just what they described, the way they set out the trailer with tubular bells being gradually kind of slowly brought in sounds really good to me. So I agree with you. If it is a total reboot of The Exorcist, no. I don't think you can you could try to touch that and make it modern and, and make it mean something to this generation if you want to. But if you're really going in the in the vein of this is a spiritual successor, not to use spiritual loosely in this context, but you know, if it's a successor to the exorcist and, and kind of a sequel, 
then I, I want to defer my judgment on this until I at least see the trailer to see, well, okay, what are they actually doing here? Because what's described sound very intriguing to me. Tony's got a big ax, so he he uh, is make, I mean, he's a big horror fan in general. We all know this, so I'm sure he's lining up. He he checked out Evil Dead Rises this past weekend in 3D on the IMAX. He loved it. Everybody knows it. Uh, do you think they try to get Linda Blair involved in this at all? They should. If Ellen Burstyn's there, they should, but I don't think they will. DJ, what do you think? I think they might. I, I don't think it's a bad idea. She's done a little bit of acting. She was on an episode of Supernatural, you know, a few years back. So, you know, I definitely see a scenario where you could shoehorn her in. Did you guys ever see the Leslie Nielsen-led comedy, uh, Repossessed? No. Unfortunately, yes. Oh, dude, come Unfortunately, on. yes. Come on, that, that's a great, great bad movie. That's a glowing hey. review right there. Hey, I love a great bad movie. You gotta, sometimes bad movies are great. Um, also at CinemaCon, our Disney overlords unloaded a lot of footage to everybody. And um, almost, oh, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I shared this article of all kinds of stuff. I think for me, um, because my son loves the Haunted Mansion ride at Disney World, which is the only ride he, he, he's experienced of the Haunted Mansions. He's never, we've never been to Disneyland. I was most intrigued and then mildly disappointed. I saw this big headline that was like haunted mansion footage. And then you go to it and it's like, eh, it's got a little clip with Owen Wilson, uh, do, you know, doing some funny stuff. So I'll, I'll start with Dave on this one. Anything stand out to you? Uh, intriguing outside of stuff we already know is coming from Disney out of, out of this news from our Disney overlords. Cause they, they did share a lot of stuff. I, I'm trying to remember what I read that, I mean, there was so much information in there that nothing really like leapt to the forefront as far as, you know, what I could think, you know, beyond what we got with wish and, and, and some of the other things that they're talking about. But yeah, I mean, the, the Disney machine keeps rolling right along. They're going to get more of my money in a couple of weeks, Pat, we're going there. Not next week and the weekend after because splash mountain closes in California, May 31st. Oh, got to get, got to get, one gotta last get ride. Gotta, well, for my son, probably 10 last rides at least, but you know, um, oh, there you go. But yeah, I mean, the Disney machine just keeps on churning out content, you know, so that's, that's kind of what I got from here. I got to go, Tony, go ahead. I'm going to go back and look at this and see if something stood out. I, to I think me. the most, the most interesting thing here was right towards the bottom. Taika Waititi's next goal. Um, it's about the American it's Samoa soccer team that lost 31 to nothing in a FIFA qualifying match in 2001. That's I mean, interesting, right? I mean, like, think about that. That's just crazy. It's, it's about the buildup to and happening of, and I'm hoping we're going to get at least, uh, you know, 10 to 12 minutes at the end of the aftermath of how these people feel, whether or not it was actually just a triumph anyway. Um, it's an amazing story. If you're a sports fan of any kind, you can already relate to the fact that you know what World Cup qualifying is and you know what it means to lose a soccer game, soccer match, football match, 31-0. So it's an interesting, interesting story. We hear a lot about a stories in sports of overcoming adversity, not having to end with such a triumphant fail. There was one thing they mentioned I mean, that – sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Pat. Oh, no, go ahead, Dave. No, I, go ahead. I know one thing I read, like, they had um, uh, Indiana Jones 5. They had the Dial of Destiny. Like, <clears> the first 30 minutes is a DH Harrison Ford. That must have cost a fortune. 
if that's really what we got going on is the first 30 minutes of a yeah. DH Harrison Ford to start off Indy five. Um, I, I don't know if that, if that makes me any more optimistic about the movie or not, but I'm still like keeping my expectations very low going to go see it, of course, and hopefully be pleasantly surprised. Well, they also announced adding Chris Pine to wish. So I, Pat mentioned, yeah, I talked about that back. Did you? About the I think that was yeah my King, no. King, King Magnifico. You blocked it when you burped into the uh, microphone. You blocked out that part yeah, so you didn't hear. Very it. much <laughs> malfunctioning uh, equipment today. I apologize. I, DJ, what anything uh, anything stand out for you before I talk about one other thing that I found interesting out of something uh, more of a I didn't know this than mm-hmm. anything. Absolutely, the uh, the Indiana Jones. Uh, hopefully, they they wash the taste of the Crystal Skull out of my mouth with this one. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that big indie fan. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, again, the end of the line for him. Uh, I hope they don't do any more, try to reboot it, cast somebody else out as that role. It just, I think it's, it's done after this. The other one that I'm really looking forward to is this movie called, uh, the creator from Gareth Edwards. Uh, the, the synopsis is basically, um, uh, give an exclusive look, uh, John David Washington stars in the film, the look potentially be for caring for a child Android and there's a question of heaven and whether or not, because the child is an android, whether or not if it died, it would get to heaven. And I like those kind of stories. One of my favorite video games of the last 10 years was uh, Detroit Becoming Human. And it asks a lot of these questions as you know, AI and robots become more advanced. Are they human? Do they have a soul? And you know, so I, I, I love that kind of sci-fi. So this one has me curious. I'm waiting to see a trailer on this one. Can I can I ask a quick poll, Patrick, around the horn here? Uh, who enjoyed the Haley Joel Osment movie AI? I did. It was uh, it was fine to quote Patrick O'Dowd, which is like speaking I enjoyed in a third person since you're here anyway. Uh, it, I I give it a little bit of a pass given the circumstances of how the film was made uh, and what happened to it. You know, when you when you lose a director halfway through and a different director then has to take it over and yes. To me, the the footage is just so jarring between the two that it's tough for me to really like embrace it uh, fully. I appreciated the idea behind it, um, but you know when it's like when we get to you know aliens thousands of years in the future, like ah, you kind of lost me. Um, the the last thing I want to say about the Disney news drop, I had no idea that the Kenneth Branagh led Agatha Christie movies were part of the Disney family, like that Murder on the Orient Express, and what was the other one that uh, he's already put out? But this uh, this movie, A Haunting in Venice, is him continuing his characterization of Hercule Perrault um, as uh, a mystery solver, and these uh, again another like star-studded cast with people like uh, G- uh, sorry um, Tina Fey, Michelle Yeoh. Uh, Jude Hill, Ali, Ali Khan, Emma Laird, just um, very much. It's like a darker Knives Out uh, with those like sort of complicated mysteries. So I just had no idea that Disney was the overlord that controlled those movies. I, I think it's a compliment to Disney right here on what we just did in this segment is the fact that each one of us basically had something different that stood out to them, and the the broad spectrum that they cast in kind of a bandwagon nerdish. More nerdish, a little less bandwagon, but also implied kind of, you know, a fanship. So I think kudos it, to them on his, it's a wide net. there. Yeah. So 
Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. I, I'm intrigued by these. I've I've enjoyed those movies for what they are. So it just kind of stood out for me. All right, the last thing that um, came out of CinemaCon as Sony insists on this Spider Villain Verse stuff is that we got footage of the upcoming Craven the Hunter film. I don't know, guys. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, as as all of us know, is playing Sergei Kravinov. Everybody knows that Craven the Hunter is part of my favorite Spider-Man arc of all time. It's my background today as a Craven's Last Hunt is one of my favorite, you know, six issue books. And every time I read this or read about this thing, I don't know what I keep hoping for out of the the spider villain verse sony thing um but yikes i just keep reading yikes uh so it's gonna be rated r okay um it's going according to aaron taylor johnson it's gonna be grounded heavily in the real world and, and yet then we get to the rhino's the bad guy and he's like i don't know transforming I, I don't know, guys. I, why does Sony keep doing this to me? And yeah, just why do they hate me, Dave? Why does Sony hate me personally? Why? Why do they like? What did <laughs> I do to Sony that they're pissing all over something I love? And you think because I think everybody's opinion is adverse to mine? You no, you live in a world where you think everybody disagrees with you. And that you have to be right about it. You have to be like, I told you all when like nobody said you were wrong. Patrick, anyway, you, you've done a you've done a great job of figuring out the character of one PC Tutty. Oh, I character get it. In- I just I'm just I'm just gonna argue with that character. Dave, why does Sony hate me? This That's whole stupid Sony verse is just Sony trying feebly to flex the fact that they still have the rights to Spider Man to Disney. And this is all this is, is we're just, we've got the right so we can do this because we can, not that we should, because we can. And everything that they have done has just been bullshit. This is going to suck. There's no doubt about it. This is not Craven's last hunt. This is not anything that we, Pat, as you and I, because we both love that storyline. This will no way, shape or form resemble any of that stuff. You won't see Spider-Man in this movie. Because even Sony's not going to go down that path. We have the rights to him, but we don't dare show him because the fan backlash would be catastrophic. So we're going to put out this shitty Venom, Morbius, Spider-Verse nonsense. I don't think they hate you, Pat. I just think that they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And there, I, I got nothing else to add to that. Fair. Tony, why does Sony hate me? I, I don't. I am not sure why Sony hates you. Um, isn't wasn't uh, wasn't Craven supposed to be part of Raimi's Spider-Man Four? There was a rumor that uh, that's what Bruce Campbell's character was eventually supposed to evolve into. So I don't know. I'm not because Raimi wanted the Vulture, and I heard and it was Vulture. He did not want Venom. But anyway, no, he didn't want Venom know. at all. I think the problem here is, you know, you, you kind of, you got, you went down that Morbius path that you, you really just kind of, you know, chopped your legs out right from underneath your kneecaps. It, it has never been Morbin time. I, I can tell you this as being such a big flash fan. And I really equate Spider-Man and the flash to being like opposite Marvel and DC characters personally. 
especially the relationship they have with Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne. I think that that's really a, a, a parallel that you can connect those two worlds. I've never really, I love Spider-Man. The look, the stories are great. The movies have been solid enough and it's such an integral character, but I just am not in depth with it as much as I am with the flash. So yes, like telling me a story about the, the rogues gallery of Spider-Man without Spider-Man, probably not. And to make it worse, I want to turn, before I turn it over to DJ, like Pat, you're saying your own words, Rhino's the bad guy in this. It's like, wait, Craven's a bad guy too. Are you trying to turn Craven into a face to have him face heel Rhino using wrestling terminology? That's doomed to failure. You can't make hey, Pat, Craven a good guy. Pat, it Pat doesn't work. About to get mad. <laughs> I know Pat's getting even more mad now. It's like, fuck. I, that that to me is like. No, I I don't. I just don't even know. Like I, and maybe DJ can jump in and help you out. I just don't. I don't see the point of this whole thing. Like it just it it doesn't make sense to me. And maybe that's I, I yes dollars, but they're not sure. making money. Uh, like, like, they're, they're not, not making, making money. money off of it. Right, like you don't, you don't. What they're doing creatively with what they own, it doesn't make sense to any of us. But they're doing it because they have it, so they got to make money off of it. Sp- Spider-Man, in and of itself, makes money. The Spider-Man property itself is making money. But when you have all these peripheral characters that are connected to that, they've got to throw something out there, even if it's bullshit. So that, you know... Oh, it's the Fantastic Four all over again. So that, oh, absolutely. It's so that 100%. Sony can continue to own that shit, like, and make movies with it, even when they don't have a good idea. It's just, that's... Oh, it's it's painful. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Dude. No, 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 it's, it's fine. It's, I, I totally get where you're coming from, and again, you and I agree on this one. I This is probably... Actually, not probably. I can guarantee you I won't go see this one in the theater. I didn't no, see I, Morbius in the theater... Um, I didn't see the second Venom in the theater, and I didn't hate the Venom movies, but I didn't love them. So I, see, at this point, I could at least get somewhere with Venom because Venom has been a hero. <laughs> like right, and and this is just again part of this problem that comic book movies and comic books in general are having. They have these really great again wrestling vernacular heel characters like a um, like a Slade. Uh, Deathstroke, um, like Harley Quinn, uh, people like that, Deadpool, and they're they're villains, they're bad guys, but people latch onto them, not unlike a Stone Cold Steve Austin, and next thing you know, they're tweeners, they're good guys, and it's, now we're leaning too heavily on that trope. Like, if Kraven's a bad guy, make him a bad guy. Don't try to make him this, you know, redeemable, identifiable, in-between, anti-hero type of shit, just for the sake of it. Not Stone Cold Steve Austin. You can't make him that way. Right. That that was lightning in a bottle, pal. What? All right. Let's move on. Last topic before we take our second break. I mentioned the Fantastic Four. Probably the most popular thing to gossip about in the nerdosphere in terms of rumors are casting rumors. We got a couple of more this week with Fantastic Four, which is the hot a uh, hot film franchise to discuss with casting rumors. Uh, I don't know if you guys, I don't remember. Maybe you did. Did you talk about Adam driver allegedly being cast um, or being in talks? Well, this week uh, we heard Mila Kunis being uh, first. It was rumored that she was in talks to be Sue storm. Then it was rumored that it was an undisclosed role, not Sue storm. Tony going into the show. Posted a 
response from Bila Kunis saying she's not in talks to do anything with the Fantastic Four uh, franchise. So we'll throw that one out the door. The other one, and this one I know is very important to Dave because Dave is a big fan of this guy. Antonio Banderas, allegedly in talks to be cast as Galactus. I mean, for a giant world-destroying godlike Marvel creature that doesn't really talk much. I guess it could be Antonio Banderas. Dude, I, I just hear Puss in Boots talking about devouring fucking worlds I and shit. I come to destroy your planet. <laughs> I just, it's like, wow. I, I, awesome. will not just, I don't I will know. Not just destroy your planet. I don't know. I Galactus with a, with, a, with a Spanish accent. I don't know, man. I mean, look. I don't, it I don't, might I be don't better want to be a, mildly attracted to Galactus. Yeah, too, it might be. Honest. That's a sexy voice. It is. And it might at right? least be better than a cloud. So, I mean, you've got that I mean, going for it. I mean, it's definitely going to be better than a cloud, dude. I, I guess because the MCU is not going to fuck that up, I, I would I would think. They fucked it up with Dormammu. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Kinda, yeah. Dormammu was really just a shadow bad guy. Like, we never really got the, a good view of what he was. I've right. Come, I've come to bargain Dormammu away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the only person who loved the end of that movie, by the way. like I, I, I like enjoyed it. Like, I didn't have a problem with it. <laughs> Apparently Dave did that sarcastic drip. Was oh, I, love, there. I love that. I mean, Dor- Dormammu uh, was like too big of a bad to throw in there, like kind of like attach him to the end of that. But anyway, you heard it here first day. Dave, Dave hates everything. Um, and we all know this to be true. So except Henry uh, Cavill there, you know, except him. So yeah, Antonio Banderas. Uh, can a human play Galactus? Like I know somebody has to play Galactus. Who's the person who plays Galactus? James I don't think anybody. I think somebody does voice acting. James Earl Jones, is that what you said, Tony? James Earl Jones, like uh, AI recorded, like adaptation, like he did that whole thing where like they can use his voice again, um, you know, to, to through computer. I don't know who who uh, Alan Tudyk playing that goat and Wish would be a really good one to play Galactus as well. <laughs> well, Alan Tudyk can do any voice you want him to. Do. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'll just say this. It's interesting you read that last thing I posted uh, about Mila Kunis and what she said. She said, I am not in the movie, the uh, the Fantastic Four, but I know who is, but I don't want to say and, and and upset the mouse. Is Ashton Kutcher playing Reed Richards? No. Oh, Jesus Come Christ. On, don't no. even throw that into the universe, buddy. Like, I, Man, can you okay, if, they go, again, if they go with Ashton Kutcher. Hold on. Hold on, real quick. Before you guys get really mad, it's both of you, like I got pre-mad. Let's just, if it's April 30th, 3.28 p.m. Eastern time, if Tony turns out to be right, you know we're going to have to go back to this date stamp and like give him his flowers, whether we like the casting or not. I, I didn't say I liked it or not, and I don't think, and I do actually think that Ashton Kutcher could be a good Reed Richards. Um, uh, okay, but would you take I, him over Adam Driver? Or John Krasinski. John Krasinski is not going to be Reed Richards. And I've told you that, guys, since we've seen that. He's told you that. John Krasinski said. But even before before he said he wasn't going to be, when it happened, I said it wasn't going to happen. He was Reed Richards. He was. Who knows? But you know what I mean, Dave. Not in this Fantastic Four movie. It's fun. This is so much fun. Like, folks, please understand. This is the fun in what we love to follow right here is the speculation on what we're going to get in the content that we already know exists and what parts of that content 
Are they going to pull from and telling the story? This is the fun part about it. This is why I love being on this show with people that are much more knowledgeable than I. So every once in a while, if I get one right, that'd be great. But it's just really interesting that she said it the way she said it. So obviously, she knows someone that's in this movie. Like, right away. And that's why I put it in the DM. Damn, Jackie. Why you got to give right. it away? I, um, yeah, I don't have a problem if it's Ashton Kutcher. I think uh, we talked about this with Mila Kunis uh, in the DM chat. And it kind of got a little bit. There are some actors out there that have had to do a lot of work to get out from underneath the shadow of previous characters that they played. And it was funny because I forgot that she was also the voice of Meg in Family Guy. But Mila Kunis is a great example. Like Jackie, it was was this huge role for her. And, and it, she's struggled forever under the weight of like these these sorts of characters. Ashton Kutcher's kind of the same way. Like Adam Sandler is another example. Like the guy is actually a pretty good serious actor, but there's a there's a, a subsection of folk where it's just like we can't get it out of our heads. Jim Carrey, same sort of deal. And so I would be it I'd be intrigued if it was Ashton Kutcher cast as Mr. Fantastic. And what I'd be intrigued by was will the audience buy him in that role? Because Dave and DJ, I'm sorry, your your reactions were very telling of what I would expect might happen if that announcement happened. And maybe well, not there... for the reasons you guys have, but but definitely could be a thing. I'll so say this. A, Go ahead, Dave. First, first there, there's a road to explore then in this because there's some there's got to be some truth to what Mila Kunis is saying. So and maybe he's not Reed Richards. Maybe he's just in the movie. But who else is connected and close to Mila Kunis? We can kind of draw clues and make assumptions on a short list of who's going to be in this movie. Maybe it's not that character, but I I wouldn't mind Kutcher as as uh, Reed Richards to be officially on the record for that. But I think here's most importantly, we mark the tape because if he's in the movie, I'm right either way. So go ahead, DJ. Sorry about that. No, I was just going to say when they first announced Zachary Levy as playing Billy Batson uh, Shazam, I shit all over it and I enjoyed Chuck. You know, I didn't watch it like religiously, but the episodes of Chuck that I saw, I enjoyed. I enjoyed him in it. But my first thought was that fucking guy. And for my money, for what I enjoyed about the film, I thought he was fine. If Ashton Kutcher is cast as Reed Richards, will I like it? No. Will I see it? Yes. I just think, you know, her 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 tweeting that, I mean, we're... It's so ambiguous. I don't know if we can assume that it's somebody that she knows as opposed to the people in Hollywood know who's been cast. And she's just saying, I know who's in the movie. I can't state who it is. Not necessarily that it's somebody she's connected to, just that I know who's been cast. I'm not going to divulge that right now because I don't want to piss off the mouse because we know they'll sue. And we're also going on the assumption that her, her, her circle of friends is kind of relegated to just the cast of the 70s show. You know, she was in a movie with Natalie Portman. It's a good movie, by Nat- the way. Natalie Portman is. There you go. Heard it here first. So Natalie she's going to go from the Mighty Thor to. Well, I'm just giving Invisible one Woman. example of being and of super high list avail. You know, a list ability. Natalie Portman is going to be Reed Richards. You heard Tony say it first. Awesome. Right. Yes. Back from the dead. All right. I I feel like we will will speculate forever until casting announcements actually are made. We're going to take our second commercial break. When we come back, we are going to talk about what Dave alluded to, the big news of the week in the entertainment 
theme park industry, basically the power of Disney versus uh, the power of the Florida governor. Uh, all that and more when we come back to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, welcome back everyone. Before we get into our last two topics of the day, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you all that if you love what we do over here on the Chairshot Radio Network and on the Chairshot.com and you want to support us, please head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chairshot. Invest in one of our many shirt designs. They are only $19.99, but if you're feeling fancy, want something that feels nice on your giblets, spend a few dollars more, get it soft style, your body will thank you. Again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chairshot. All right, gentlemen, two stories before we head into the Deadpool We'll start with the one that, man, I wish Aesop could have been on the show today. And, and noble listener, we, we talk about our, our, our DM thread over for Bandwagon Nerds and, and things that happen. And, and to say that, that Aesop does not like the Super Mario Brothers movie is a mild understatement at best. And so I was really hoping that he could have been on the show to record with us today because the Super Mario Brothers movie surpassed $1 billion at the box office this week. Now, we're going to give our our brief thoughts on this. I want to say two things. One, the movie is not good. Like, I I saw it, it's not good. By, By the standards of... If you're if you're putting this up against like a Pixar, uh, some of the the bigger DreamWorks movies, uh, anything by Studio Ghibli, like it's not. It is a fluff film from beginning to end. I was entertained by the Super Mario Brothers movie, but like it's dumb, it's silly, it's not the best edited film I've ever seen, but. This really speaks to the power of this Mario character. And and sorry, kids have been eating this thing for breakfast. Like for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Little doubt, loved it. It doesn't matter what we say, think, like, or feel about it. Sorry, Aesop. Illumination's going to be making more of these. They're not going to be good. They're not going to meet your standard. But a billion (laughs) dollars. Like a billion dollars. Huge. Um, and we, I alluded to this at the beginning of the, of the program. This is the new wave of, of franchise film is video game movies are finally going to be going to be made and taken seriously. Like, you know, there's a meme floating around of the like the Nintendo cinematic universe. I think that shit's real. Like, I think that's going to happen. And, and I think you should just be ready for it. So who wants to go first? Show of hands. Who, who will jump in? Tony, figure up. It visually stunning from everything I heard. I, I had oh, it looks bought, terrific. Yeah, I had bought tickets to see this opening weekend, and and I had stuff come up, um, and so I haven't seen it yet. But from everything I've heard from you know credible sources and personal you know friends, that it just looks amazing. 
And I think the point that you just made was it wasn't made for us and those who are in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s that want to follow a serious uh, universal storyline. It's made for the kids and it's made for to make toys and products that the kids will buy outside of this. And the parents will go anyway because this is an iconic thing and there's a lot of iconic things for Nintendo. This is the first animated movie to pass the $1 billion mark since Frozen 2 in 2019. And that is really saying something considering the success that the Frozen franchise had. So, yeah, we talked about it the other week. I think it's Kirby and I think it's Zelda um, and, 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 and maybe Metroid or Mega Man or maybe a Donkey Kong spinoff or... Mega Man is Capcom, so you can't can't do Mega Man. Okay, well that's too bad because I really like Mega Man. Um, but <laughs> it's it's just really interesting all the things that they can actually do inside of that. So we'll see. I I hope we get more content from Nintendo and the universe that they can develop and execute. Just not necessarily for us older bandwagoners, maybe for the younger ones. Dave, DJ. I mean, we we talked about it with Tony, uh, like he's saying, you know, how the, uh, the the Nintendo verse is real, and they've got a lot of stuff that they can pull from to do that. I, I mean, I, I agree with you, Pat, that um, there are going to be more video game movies. I think people are taking it more seriously than just throwing out some schlocky garbage like Doom, where you got this movie that's pretty good up to a point, and then all of a sudden we decide we're going to do this this first person shooter sort of viewpoint. And ruin the rest of the movie. Uh, I think, you know, you're seeing people take this medium more seriously. People are, are starting to realize, okay, uh, for stuff that has failed like Assassin's Creed and Uncharted, then you look at original content like The Last of Us, which I keep mentioning, and how they turn that into such a successful series. There are other stories out there that are original in in, in you know the way that they presented things that would translate over well, perhaps not a movie but maybe like a series like metal gear solid screams to me. Hey, we could do something with solid snake. You know, that's something we can do something with. We could do a franchise about that. Go ahead, Tony. What about Castlevania? Oh, absolutely. You know, you want, you know, you want the next role for Henry Cavill. There you go. The main protagonist for Castlevania would be Simon Belmont. Yeah. I, I mean, Pat loves me when I do all this Henry Cavill casting stuff, but Geralt looks just like him. You know, I mean, if you really get down to it. So, um, but yeah, I think. Tony, I, did you actually, did you actually hear his, his nipples really like poke through the shirt? And said nipple, shirt. nipple check, hey. excitement. Contra. Level. Yeah. Get some Contra, Contra might on. be fun, but there's, I thought a tea pedal, a tea kettle went off somewhere, but I guess it was his nipples. Look at, look at the success of like right. Yellowstone. Tell me red dead redemption doesn't translate over into a possible series let's let's just put it out here right now we're gonna get like the uh yoshi universe as well oh sure like yoshi's island and it'll just be all the yoshi and the kids will eat that shit up oh for sure well and if you stuck around for the post credit scene and i didn't go mario brothers i know you didn't it's sad for you the last last image you have is a yoshi egg in new york so Uh, there you go I mean, come on. Then I, I hit it. I nailed it up. Hit All right. D- the DJ, la- last thought on this one before we, before we move on to the mouse. Um, again, maybe 10 years ago, my son was deep, deep in the Mario game. So he probably would have seen this 10 years ago. I haven't asked him how he feels about it now. So I haven't seen it. 
Probably going to be a while before I see it. Absolutely incredible that it passed a billion dollars. I am not surprised. I am not totally ready to jump on this uh, video game to uh, live action video or movie or TV property yet because I sat through the disaster that was Monster, Monster Hunter World. And I think for every Last of Us, there are two Monster Hunter Worlds sitting out there. So I'm going to need to see some more before I lean well, all the way in on And Halo had polarizing opinions. Well, and so, again, I'm not saying that these franchises are going to be great or successful. I'm saying that this is the next blockbuster wave that we're going to get, because this is what Hollywood does, is they copy. And Nintendo, the thing that I think made this Mario Brothers movie work, for better or for worse, whether you loved it or hated it, was that Nintendo and, you know, the corp- the company had a lot of control and say over with the direction of the film and was very closely working with Illumination to make the movie they wanted to put out. So it was what they knew and was keeping is very similar to the way the Marvel Cinematic Universe came out. I think animated films for these like happy, fun Nintendo movies are, are what they should do. And well, they're easy work. sells. Right. What's the next series of the big video game? And I'll go first. And Grand Theft Auto lends itself to a streaming series, like so infinitesimally, because you can actually do a season for each game that's located yeah. in a different place. And you can kind of almost do like, what was the McConaughey and Woody Harrelson uh, murder thriller? True that Detective. They, true, you could true do detect- like a true... You could do a true detective thing where you have the different starring casts each season or in different seasons in, in that aspect. I don't know if there's any other bigger games that come to mind for me. Zelda. We talked about it. Zelda's Well, but I mean, outside of Nintendo. DJ, do you got one? Uh, from a personal perspective, I would love to see the uh, Horizon Zero movies turned into or the games turned into some type of either streaming series or, or a series of movies. I loved Horizon Zero Dawn. Visually stunning. Gears of yes. War. All right. Gears, Bi- Gears of War. All right. Bioshock would be mine. So, there all right. Go. Yeah. We're going to move into our last uh, last uh, story around the Nerdosphere. It's a big one. So, we have off and on talked about the, uh, the ongoing battle uh, between Ron DeSantis over in Florida and his fight with Disney over Disney World and Disney Parks. Disney took another step today after Ron DeSantis's new Florida tourism board that replaced Disney World's Reedy Creek, uh, Reedy Creek uh, board uh, and tried to null, basically nullified everything that the board did right before, you know, previous uh, prior to this new DeSantis control board took over Disney sued Ron DeSantis. Uh, and I'm not the lawyer here. Dave's the lawyer, so I'm sure he'll be able to tell us a little bit more about the legalese. But essentially, Disney is suing Ron DeSantis because he is. They are arguing that this is a political retaliation against the company because they took a stance against DeSantis's infamous, famous, whatever you want to call it, don't say gay legislation that uh, that is that has come out and has been a heavily impacting uh, literature amongst other things in the public school systems, school systems across the state. And there's a, there's a ton of other stuff that goes along with this, but this is really a very fascinating case in in my, 
in my opinion, because if you look at our political landscape, this is a, an entertainment company uh, that is suing over its right to exist as a corporation with its sort of foundational beliefs, um, you know, be able to take statements uh, and argue that the government cannot infringe upon their First Amendment rights to express the, the, that, you know, opposition to this bill. And uh, this is going to go on for a long time. This is going to be years of the making. This is, I don't see a scenario where this doesn't hit the Supreme Court, period. That's my thought. Um, but this is a big deal. And Dave, why is it a big deal? Well, I think unlike a lot of other stuff we've talked about, we've talked about the First Amendment on this show before numerous places and, and, and talked about whether it applies or not, you know, like YouTube's trying to limit some it because they're a private company. This is the example of why the First Amendment matters, because you have a governmental entity trying to stifle a private organization, a private corporation's right to express their opinion and to speak their mind and say, we don't agree with this legislation you've promoted. We're not going to support it. We're going to put our support elsewhere. What happened after that? Yes, political retaliation, the misuse of, of governmental power to create a whole new board at the taxpayer's expense, I might add, to counter this. And I think this is this is one of the biggest examples of a First Amendment violation on the part of a government that you're going to see. Because as Disney has pointed out appropriately, man, DeSantis had no problem with us for all these years. How le- DJ, you live in Florida. How many years has uh, DeSantis been governor there? Embarrassingly enough, too long. Okay. Uh, but point, sorry, I, no. I'm really not dialed into a lot of this. And again, embarrassingly, because I live in Florida, I don't have regular TV. I don't watch the news. So all I get are nuggets that I see on Facebook and Twitter. And I don't always rely on that for yeah. useful foundation for information on these types of things. The point is he's been in there long enough that if he had a real issue with Disney and what they were doing, he would have voiced this before they took yes. this stance. And that's where this reeks of retaliation this reeks of political overreach. This is a, a big lawsuit as far as, and what's, what's interesting about it is you've got a private corporation with the money that they can actually out bankroll the state of Florida on this lawsuit. And even DeSantis in the Florida legislature and everybody, the citizens are worried about this. Cause like shit, who's going to foot the bill for this? The taxpayers are. And, and it's, and Disney's basically saying we've paid billions of dollars in taxes. We've run this whole theme park for since what 71 without governmental oversight from Florida. And now all of a sudden we're going to come in here because we didn't support your whatever side of the fence you're on, on his legislation legislation. And there's arguments you can make on both sides. We're not going to get into that because who's got time. It doesn't matter when you look at the fact that this reeks of retaliation on the part of a, of a, of a governor. And I tell you what, I can't wait is for Trump to use this to his advantage. Cause you know, it's coming. He's going to come out and say, it's anti-American to go after Disney like this, and you got to support me. I guarantee you, you're going to hear that come out of this guy's mouth in the next month or two. But it's a big lawsuit, and and it's a big problem, and it, and it's a big problem for Florida. And I shared with you, Pat, this article where you've got people who were DeSantis supporters who are now flipping because they don't get this either. And they're like, this is going to directly impact Central Florida in general counties surrounding disneyland the taxpayers are going to get hammered you're already seeing it they're basically saying we've got to raise your taxes to bankroll this litigation 
people aren't going to stand for that shit. So yeah, it's it's a big problem. Tony, were you about to talk? Dave Ungar is not just a good friend of mine. He's a really smart person. Um, so uh, you should listen thank, to a lot of what you, he Tony. said. Um, I don't... I. You want to know what watching the news is for me? It's turning on 206 on DirecTV, which is ESPN. Watching Sports <laughs> Center. And do you want to know why? Is because in all honesty, and, and this might really piss some people off, there's not a whole hell lot of I can do about any of this political things that are happening to me, right? Like I'm not, I don't, I don't like, I'm not in the political world or scene. I don't make an Uber ultra significant amount of money that affects anything politically around where I am regionally. Um, I, I just, I just, it's like the price of gas, man. If I don't pay attention to it, it's not going to piss me off. And I, I'm sorry that the world's kind of come to that for me, but I like to be happy and I like to enjoy things and I like to shoot the shit and, and stir some shit up in a fun way about the things I actually do care about that, you know, bring me happiness. So this isn't one of them, but I'd like to think the only thing I can put in is out of any vacation destination in a state that doesn't. Uh, charge their workers state income tax. Disney is a biggest reason outside of uh, climate and location for not having state taxes charged to you on your income in Florida. So think about that just a little bit. So I'm not quite as dumb as drunk as I sound I am. <laughs> funny, funny stuff. Everything. You're always drunk. We know this. You have a problem, sir. Well, yeah. Not all the time. What do we do? The big four the other weekend? Yeah, something like that. Um, I wasn't there for that one, so I don't know. But as he drinks his this water, uh, what is that? Oops. Um, anyway, well, I drink scotch, so I, I can't. I can't contribute. Okay. He's double fisted it today. Solo, scotch out of a solo cup. Um, He's chasing it. He wants all the smoke. Now, now, now he can now he can talk his trash because his microphone is up and we can't hear him. So there we go. Here here's the thing that it, like it's just for me this is a very interesting story to follow because it really is a monumental case in sort of what the government can and cannot do. And this is at the state level, and this is we would think is fundamentally pretty clear that uh, a governor shouldn't be able to basically arbitrate. And, and the way that this all happened, by the way, was very shoved through by Ron DeSantis. Like we're talking special late night sessions of Congress to pass legislation to get this board dissolved and recreated. And I don't I don't know that I've ever seen like the level of pettiness that has gone on. This isn't about money. It's really about rights. And, and for me to be on the side of a, of a large corporate entity, which is hilarious, um, is fascinating because yeah, there's money involved, but this is really about what a government can do to a company. And if they can do it to Disney, then they can absolutely do it in other ways to you. And so that's why this is important and why I felt the need to talk about it. We are, uh, we'll table that for now. This is going to be a longstanding story, just like the Jonathan Bajor's mess just not going to go away and we'll be here to cover it as it happens, but let's end uh, on a, a deadly note and play Tony's 
favorite winning soundbite as we enter into the Deadpool. Who among you still fears death? What's wrong with you? I say you, he did. You will die alone. A dead meat. And all that I am is dead already. She said that every living creature on Earth dies alone. I've been dead once already. Dying ain't much of a living boy. Death is a natural part of life. Death comes for us all, Urokusaki. Death is but a door. Time is but a window. I'll be back. I don't understand why people have to die. Wee, wee, wee. That's right, everyone. It's that time again. Another Marvel movie is hitting theaters this coming weekend, which means we are going to play another round of the Deadpool. Wee, 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 indeed. DJ, this is your first time playing. Only second time we've run the Deadpool. So it's really simple. We go around the room and we're going to pick one character out of the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 film that we think buys it. And I did some thinking, guys, and I want to throw this rule out there and see what you think. Do we count the villain amongst the eligible picks? And the only reason I thought of this, here's why. Hold on, before you before you argue with me, here's why. Because Marvel, one, has a history of offing their villains outside of about one or two. So it's, it's kind of the low-hanging fruit. Uh, and two, because uh, I didn't think of it until Aesop picked Kang last time in Ant-Man and the Lost Quantum Mania. And I was like, well, he was right because a Kang died. But, you know, there were so many more Kangs. And is that really fair? Yeah, like big jerk off motions. So, Tony, you, you, your comments, sir. You, you may comment now. Because I... <laughs> you're going to pick the high evolutionary to die? Is that what you're going to do? I mean, if they die, in the words of, you know, Drago, if they, if he dies, he dies. So if that's a correct, you know, prediction. But it, okay, so let me ask you this. Is that, because I, I will say, I don't know so, that that's really in the spirit well, of let's, the Deadpool. Let's classify it this way, though. Some death predictions are more classier, are, are more sophisticated, are more looked upon with favor. Uh, out of their, you know, odds, essentially. I will start off like this and get it over with my take real quick. As one of my cats just races by. That's what that was. Uh, it's not Dave's dogs today. It's cats. Um, they all die. You're saying all the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to bite it. I'm so going out there. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see how that pays off. <laughs> I, it's not, not, not going to pay off. It's not going to pay off. It's not. But like they all have it makes for good podcasting. They could all possibly each one. You can make an argument for each one to die. And so like, you know, I am PC Tunny. I'll go out on a limb. See what I did there. I see what you did there. All right. So there we go. So Tunny has gone with the entire Guardians of the Galaxy crew. Dave, you you looked confused, shocked. In, in what I'm assuming strong disagreement. So pick someone to die in the Deadpool. I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's going to be all of them, but uh, I think Rocket is the one I'm looking at as not making Rocket hard. Interesting. They've Can made I, it very clear that this series, this movie is very heavily focused on Rocket and how he came to be. 
I'm sorry, and I'll shut up after this, but 100% Drax dies in this movie, no doubt, because Batista... No, thank you for taking my pick for the Deadpool. Uh, I really appreciate it. You just fucked up the game, but, you know, you had to get it out there, and you go get another Miller Lite or something. Switch it up. Get a Michelob Ultra, for Christ's sake. Jesus Christ. Miller Genuine Draft. DJ! And Tony fucked up my pick as well. Thank you! <laughs> Drax is absolutely done after this film. Ah, all right. Well, then I'm going to say Peter Quill, uh, and, and throw him out there as as the one who's going to die. Uh, though I, I I will say that that's only because he's my second choice. My first choice would have been Drax. Had DJ, I, it would have been it would have fallen that because it would have made DJ go before me anyway. So does Gamora uh, count since she's dead already? No, I mean, you can pick this Gamora. Like, she could die. It's a variant. Uh, right. But in 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 this, I will go with Peter Quill. Uh, while I'm picking him, I want to acknowledge up front they have teased him dying in so many different ways in trailers that leans me towards he's not going to die, that, that there's going to be kind of a and we're out sort of deal. So we'll see what actually happens there. When Tunney comes back, We'll do the second part. Okay. So we'll do the second part of this, which is we've each made a pick. We're now going to come to consensus with odds uh, as to what we think the odds actually are that these characters are going to die. And we'll go in reverse order of who named off. So we'll go with me first. Uh, Plus, I think it's more poetic that we have Tony go last with the entire Guardians. I think that just makes more sense. So I went with, uh, with Peter Quill. I, I don't know. I would say, what? Okay, why don't you, you all place put odds out there? Because I, I'm like, like a one in one one hundred chance that that he that he buys it. Like he bet a dollar, you get a hundred bucks. That's that's kind of where I am. So you're at a hundred to one. Hundred to one. Yep. Oh, I think Vegas would have it lower than that. I mean, honestly, I think when you talk about all these different ways you see he could die. It, it could lead to us seeing a way that we never thought would happen. He would die. So we get all these false falls. Sorry, wrestling terms again, until we actually get it when we don't expect it. I drop Quill to 50 to one. I, I don't, I don't see him dying, but um, there's definitely the chance of it. I, I don't think it's as, as outlandish as a hundred to one, but 50 to one. Yeah. DJ, what do you think? Uh, since what, I don't what know Vegas, do? I don't know odds. Um, I've uh, the 100% chance Drax is gone. Well, Whatever that translates into odds, you guys do the math. I am not the math guy here. No, we're, we're still talking about Peter Quill, though. We're asking you. Oh, to oh, 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 okay. Peter Quill. Um, yeah, we all go around. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood the project. I did not understand the uh, the assignment here. Well, um, we didn't really give you directions. We just kind of threw you in there. So that's fair. Uh, one in 50. Yeah. So 50 to one. All right, so it sounds like the consensus on Peter Quill is a 50-to-1 chance that he buys it in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Now we'll move to Drax, and you're saying 100%, so we want bad odds. We're thinking, like, 1-to-1. Yeah, 1-to-1, 1-to-2, that 2-to-1, that's, yeah. 1-to-5. <laughs> Tony, you're, one the to Vegas, five. you're the Vegas guy. What do you think? I think the odds, if you were going to bet on this in Vegas, would be better than two to one or, or worse than two to one. You know, you wouldn't make twice your amount of money on what you bet here. Bet twice but, as much to make a dollar. <laughs> but here's the thing. 
Who's the ant? I can't remember her name. Antenna. The her is Mantis. Mantis. Okay. What if she dies protecting him and he lives on and just never comes around again? You know, like there's See, if little you thought that you could have contributed her in the first round of the Deadpool. How many rules are you gonna break, Tony? Uh, what? what uh, uh, eight to five. Tony wants to win by stacking the odds in his favor. He's the Vegas <laughs> guy. Keep throwing names out there. Ah, it's this. It's this. It's this. Well, I'm like Tommy, I'm not, yeah, much like Tommy Wirtz in Triple Grid Trivia, where he likes to go, "Oh, I don't think the answer is this," but then he said it, and then they'll give him the points, even though he goes, "I don't think it was this," you know. And that's the way we go. Yeah, shenanigans. So you said eight to five. Now what you said? I could see that. I yeah, I th- I can't see him not dying. And, may, and that's the problem is maybe it makes too much sense. And I, I think that's where you're going. I understand that part. Uh, you know, Manta's dying would actually carry a lot. I don't know which which would be like the more emotional death. Like which would make you sadder, Mantis or Drax? Mantis are very because different she dies. types of deaths. Mantis because she dies of like in, in enveloping the anguish and pain of Drax. And then Drax is actually set free. Dave, what do you think? But, I mean, that's really deep. I think I'm more emotionally att- attached to Drax as a character and to Dave Bautista. So, Manis, I, I like her. She's a fun character, but Drax has been with us since the beginning. And I, I just, I think it'll well, resonate louder with me. Mantis dying would be such like a loss of innocence sort of death, though, thing. Like, that's the thing that's such an appeal to the character is that she's very childlike. Uh, and she, you know, she's just discovered that she and Quill are, are you know, half brother, half sister. And so I could actually see her death being the like the galvanizing rallying point at, for the for the team to move forward. So I don't I actually think you know like Drax's death is gonna is gonna feel is gonna be sad, and yet at the same time it's gonna be very much the I'm with my daughter and my my wife again in the afterlife or whatever. Mantis, that's like a gut punch. So if it's a gut punch, and and here's the other thing, uh, and we'll get to that when we get to Tony's, when we get to the all die, who says only one person's got to die? So it could be more than one. Dave, you picked uh, Rocket, uh, another good choice. What do we think the odds are on Rocket dying, gentlemen? I'd say 10 to 1. I, I don't think it's that big of a stretch. I, I'd say 10 to 1 that Rocket is going to die in this one. You want to talk about emotional? I mean, that's that's going to break a lot of people. No, go ahead, Tony. Uh, I think this is the least likely character to die, unless they all die, is because the fact that Bradley Cooper is associated with this character, not on screen. We can continue this in animation, and Bradley Cooper can continue to be the voice of it. You can still have some form or fashion of Rocket. So for me, while yes, it would it would be the most easy easily processed tear-jerking moment in the movie having an animal with bradley cooper's voice die right in front of you but it is easily the most carry forward character in a bunch of different mediums inside of this genre so i would give it if i was vegas i'm setting the odds here i would put it at about 1500 to one wow money talks Money talks and raccoon bullshit walks. DJ, what do you think? I, I'm going to go with Dave's. I'm going to say 10 to 1 here. And I do agree that his 
again, we're talking about gut punch. And this is Rocket, who in the first film, he didn't need nobody. He was on his own. He was doing his own thing. And as we grow with these characters and they evolve, he's accepted that the Guardians are his new family now. And what a what bigger emotional gut punch would it would there be aside from Mantis? And I agree with you on Mantis. How big of a gut punch would it be for him to finally accept himself into this family? Because that was the biggest thing. It was him accepting himself as part of this family, whereas they had already accepted him. And now suddenly he's gone. So, yeah, I can see I can see a scenario where it happens. I'm convinced. All right, so we Rock, got Bo- Rocket's the only one that lives now. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I, uh, I won't go as, as, as high as Tony did, but I do, I do think he's unlikely to, to go. I'm going to put it up um, more around the uh, 50 to 1 odds that he goes down. Uh, let's get to the last one. Tony's pick, the entire Guardians of the Galaxy team, which now apparently will involve, um, what's the dog's name? Um, God, what's, shit, what's the dog's name? Cosmo? Cosmo. Cosmo the dog, yeah. Cosmo the space dog, now a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I think it probably means Raglan. Uh, it probably means... Or are you talking the core? Like, the core five or six? Like, you're talking like Gamora, Mantis, Star-Lord, Rocket, Brute, Drax. and Drax. Uh, yep, that's Neb- what I'm Nebula's part of it? So that's seven. So that's seven characters, not counting Cosmo the space dog, uh, and uh, I think it's funny. A, a cool thing would be to say, what is the over under on each number? Right? Like, I mean, if I had to put something out there, that's even money, I would say two and a half. If you bet on the number two and a half, do you think more than two or less than two, you know, two or three is, is kind of the number of who's going to pass here. It's going to be something. This is an emotional series. This is something that tugged at your heartstrings and, and they put music into it specifically to connect you to it. So it's going to be interesting. That's all I can say. This is going to be one epic film. I don't know. Dave, what do you think? That they all die? Over. Yeah. What, what do you think the odds are that they all die? And then what do you think of Tony's two and a half uh, over under number? I think that's a good, I think that's a good number. All of them dying, I'd say 5,000 to one. To be honest with you, I I don't buy that. As far as Tunny's number of two, is that what you said? Two guardians dying. Two and a half. Over under. Over under. Over under, under I would half. take. I'll take over. I think three of them go. TJ, what do you think? Over under two and a half deaths. Uh, I'm with Dave. Three over. I go over. I go over two. Uh, I too am going to take the over as well as I do think that a, I think this is going to be significant. The reviews of this movie talk about there will be tears of joy and sadness. Uh, so that tells me somebody, uh, something big is going to happen. People are going to go. Uh, I look forward to seeing how this plays out. And there you have it, folks. Another round of the Deadpool. Good job, everybody. Love this segment. We will see you again when we get to uh, what's next on the list. Secret War? Invasion uh, is coming in June. Or Invasion, Secret Invasion. You're right. That's a that's streaming. Yeah, but it's got Nick Fury right, and I got other you. And, okay. and, you know War Machines in it. Like there's when's, when's I'm not Flash saying come some, out? June nineteenth or something. June. Okay. Got yep. Ahsoka in August. Oh. Got it. Yep. Lots going on. All right. Good job, guys. We're back. 
We're going to break that two-hour rule as we're hitting two hours right on the nose as we wrap this up, which means Dave's postscript will, will go a few minutes over. Sorry, Greg. You don't own the nerds, all right? We nerds are going to nerd all we want, and you're just going to like it. Anyway, before we get out of here, let's do a quick what's around the group. Tell everybody where they can find you on the socials and on the ChairShot Radio Network. Let's start with our special guest, DJ. You can have the floor. First of all, I want to thank you guys for having me, inviting me on here again. A lot of fun doing this show. I am DJ, the man with the award-winning beard, one of the hosts of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast on the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find me at the Mindless Pod on Twitter. PC Tunney, the live studio audience. Uh, great to have you back, Pat. Missed you, buddy. Um, we, we had a good time and did some great work while you were gone, but it's always good to have you here. Um, you... You know, you and Dave are bandwagon nerds. Love this show. Uh, Chair Shot Radio Network, you're listening on it right now. You can find it on all of your favorite streaming platforms. Lawyer David Ungar. Find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G. Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And as always, if we have said anything on the show today that has pissed you off, send your hate tweets to at It's Me D-P-P. And you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Also, be sure to follow the show at Bandwagon Nerds. It's there. Uh, trying to keep you up to date on all the times I'm mad when they record shows without being pissed me off. That's, that's really what it is. It's just me posing as the show, being mad about the show. Old man yells at Cloud, all of that. By the way... Little O'Dowd watched all 34 episodes or 34 seasons of The Simpsons in two and a half weeks. He has seen everything that's available on streaming leading into and here he comes running in. Very proud of himself because you heard me can say you, Can you tell can what you a, tell him can you tell him I am so proud of him and I'm happy that he, he enjoyed such uh, a important part of pop seasons. culture? Yeah. Sorry. It's only 33 seasons. He'll get there. Uh, tell he him, just tell corrected him, me. Your uncle Nipples is very proud of you. Don't say yes. that, you douchebag. We also we also watched the movie uh, this past weekend as well oh. uh, for the second time. So, Spider Pig, Spider Pig. Anyway, be sure to catch me on. Does. Be sure to catch me on the Chairshot Radio Network every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Monday doing nerdy stuff with these guys. Tuesday doing hockey talk where Dave and I talk about how wrong we are about the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Wednesdays talking wrestling with Greg Demarco on the Greg Demarco Show. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagoners. Now get yourself out of the basement. Get some sun. Buckle up for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It is going to be an emotional ride, and we're going to be here with you to help you through it. You've been listening to Bandwagoners on the ChairShot Radio Network here on thechairshot.com.
I did it, Star Munch. Hmm? I'm not gonna answer, Star Munch. I did it because I wanted to. What are we even talking about this for? We just had a little man save us by blowing up 50 ships. How little? But I don't like this. A little one-inch man saved us. Well, if he got closer, I'm sure he'd be much larger. If it's how eyesight works, you stupid raccoon. Don't call me a raccoon! I'm sorry. I took it too far. I meant trash panda. Is that better? I don't know. It's worse. It's so much worse. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.